it's interesting when people ask me like so how was it growing up in germany um i want to say it has pros and cons being that like our people are less represented over there so growing up we did face a lot of like racism and injustice and oppression and like being raised by a black mother we had to see a lot of stuff growing up me and my brothers that were like her facing a lot of oppression her facing a lot of like racist things um mm. and then moving to the us i just felt like the environment is different because i'm more around my people so i felt very yeah. comfortable being around like you know our people where i could really be myself and like be like okay like this is this is this feels right and like i don't know how deep we want to get with it but like in the 90s my brother's dad was killed out there and that was because of racism he was protecting my moms and like life happened we understand up over there but growing up we'd always go back and forth between germany and miami that's where my mom's side of the family's at so my mom's from haiti so all my caribbean family is in miami and in new york so growing up thankfully my mom was always we got to go back to stay in touch with our family so i always got like a perspective of being like in two two different demographics and like social environments growing up i never grew up with educators that look like myself so i feel like honestly like we are that new wave that make being wise being smart being educated cool right wisdom is is a powerful tool but oftentimes we might neglect it because of who it's coming from you feel me but if we can top it up with a young buck and really implant a seed man like that's it's more than just education at that point you know what i'm saying what's going on beautiful people this is the let's grow together podcast where diverse hey, individuals and communities come to serve, connect, and grow in the areas that they're most passionate about. Marcus, man, another week, another podcast. How you feeling, brother? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 2024 treating us good so far. Feels good to bounce back. Your boy was under the weather, was looking like a little pitiful little boy all over again <laughs> up under the covers. Wifey was catering to me. She put me on some ashwagandha, boy. I didn't know what that was, but that joint changed my life, boy. That joint that complete got me through. But yeah, man, all is well, all is well, bro. From a check-in perspective, um, I was telling you just earlier, man, I just spent some time, like, me and Avery just literally just had a roast battle, bro. And when I tell you, like, this girl is fired. This girl told me, she said, <laughs> she said, you need to stop talking to me with your rusty, crusty barbecue chips. <laughs> with your barbecue chip, what you say? With your, with your roasted barbecue lips. And, bro, I ain't had nothing to say. She won. Yeah, like, yeah. she... She fired me up, bro. We was going at it. Um, that was great. In preparation of uh, setting up our college leadership retreat for Roots, we're going to take the Young Bucks paintballing, man. So that's going to be a phenomenal time. So, yeah, just working on a lot of good stuff, but um, enjoying Ave in the downtime in the meantime as well, man. So getting to it, man. What about yourself? How's everything in your realm? Yeah, man. Hey, sh shout out to Ave, man, for roasting, roasting our dad, man. It's funny because I be thinking sometimes, like, where do kids come up with this stuff? <laughs> like, where do you get the time yeah, or the imagination to even come up with that, man? But that's super dope. Man, life is good. You know what I mean? Life is great, man. Um, we just got back in the programs, man. We were rapping, you know, just before this. And I was telling you, it's been extremely cold in Chicago, man. I think right now it's four mm -hmm. degrees with a real feel of negative eight. So uh, it's you know, really chilly, man. So I'm at, I'm back here in my office, man. A little, little, a little cold, man. Just trying to bring the podcast to y'all. But but other than that, man, feeling good. Um, I had a, a super dope weekend, bro. Um, my girl had like a, a kickback with a with a family members and stuff, and um, you know they they had a, a conversation that you know started to kind of turn left, and uh, basically you know one of the the older uh aunts made a comment to the younger um you know one of the younger cousins and uh she she kind of told her like man you just triggered me and man mm -hmm. bro 
you know, we, we talk about restorative justice and, and just practicing, just being, you know, restorative practitioners. My girl randomly got them in a circle. Like, I don't know who told her to, ah. you know, yo, let's circle up, you know what I mean? But she, she got them to get in a circle. And what was even doper is, uh, you know, I saw her with like something in her hand. So we got cameras at the crib. And uh, so I kind of tuned in via the camera and uh, I heard her like, man, this the talking piece. You know, whoever has the talking piece has the floor. And so, you know, they went around and just kind of talked about the issue that was brought up. And uh, man, they, they made some tremendous progress. And so, you know, I, I had told my girl after the fact, after the fact, like, man, I'm I'm tremendously proud of you. Like, like, what made you do that? She was like, man, I just felt like that was the best way to, you know, for them to have the constructive conversation. And I was like, bro, it's so dope. I'm like, man, I'm proud of you. But, I, you know, of course, man, being me. I'm like, you know, let me add some value, though. I was like, man, <laughs> I'm like, man, you could have did something yeah. a little bit differently. and You would have got a better effect. But but nonetheless, bro, uh, I was super proud of her for even for even using the framework because I've never like given her the blueprint. Like I've talked to her about what we do. But to see her put that in action, bro, I felt like a, it, it was a proud spouse moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, one, I mean, that shows just how applicable it was in that situation. And yeah. then two. It shows the impact you've obviously had on her from some of those conversations. Like she took bits and pieces to actually apply. Like that's dope all around, man. I, I definitely give you your flowers in the midst of it. Cause I'm pretty sure you kind of sparked her throughout those conversations to even think that this is a situation we could leverage this. That's, that's you. That's, that's real, huge. man. Man, I appreciate it. Uh, it's funny, man. I got, um, you know, my birthday coming up next week. And uh, it's funny because mm -hmm. I'm not sure if I, if I, I want to celebrate it or not. And um what? yeah, man, it's it's interesting. Man, it's just it's just this philosophy, man, where sometimes you don't feel like you got uh anything worth celebrating, right? Yeah. But uh I'm kinda torn because uh I was talking to my mentor and he was just like, Man, you know, you got another day to breathe, you got another opportunity and chance to, to, to go after whatever it is you want. So that's enough to celebrate. So I'm like, Man, I hear you. So so I'm kinda I'm kinda torn, but but it's actually interesting. Um, cause I guess, man, he he actually had a, a similar kind of uh I guess I want to say belief for a little bit of time. So, so I'm gonna bring him. We're gonna bring him on, and uh, I'm gonna let him tell y'all a little bit about himself. Uh, so, without further ado, my guest Sydney. What's good? What's peace, good? Peace, y'all. Peace. Welcome. How's welcome. it going, man? Happy Tuesday. Peace, brothers. Yes, Blessed yes. to be here with y'all tonight, man. Appreciate y'all inviting me in today. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, give us a little bit of background, Sydney. Uh, for those individuals who don't know you, don't follow you, don't don't know about the platforms you got going on, just tell us a little bit about yourself, good brother. Yes, sir, for sure. Uh, so my name is Sydney Miles Francois Fries. Uh, I'm a health and lifestyle coach, a community organizer, youth developer, uh, entrepreneur. I do modeling on the side as well, and I like to write poetry and spoken word to express myself. Um, I was born and raised in Munich, Germany, and Miami, Florida. And I've been in Chicago for the past 10 years of my life. Uh, I came to Chicago to play college football and pursue my, pursue my academic career. And moved here in 2015. Uh, been here for almost 10 years. Grateful to be in this city. I love Chicago a lot. It helped me become a better man and build an environment around me where I could be around like-minded people and just inspire our people and like do a lot of youth developing and just community organizing. I'm very grateful. And things are going well. The New Year is starting off well. That's a little bit about myself. And yeah, I'm excited to tap into this podcast with y'all. Okay, good. Hey, so you out there freezing in Chicago too? <laughs> Man, it's no joke for real. Nah, James it's was telling me, but sure. you mentioned you're a health and lifestyle coach. Yes, sir. So I don't hear that too often. Can you give me a little bit of content on like what that entails? Yeah, for sure. 
So uh, growing up, my mom was a coach and both my brothers are coaches as well. So I like to say I was raised in a fitness household or in like in a very health oriented household. So growing up, my OG would always, you know, teach us tips and tricks of how to like go about health in a, in a, in a cool way, like in a way where it's doable. So we wouldn't have like no candy in the household, no soda in the household. And growing up, we'd always see my mom train her clients. She had a gym throughout our, her career too. So I was always raised in the environment of like, you know, going out to play sports and like going out to do healthy things to stay in good environments gratefully. And like, yeah, I want to say she led by example. My pops was also very much into fitness and that was just my surrounding growing up. Like both my bros are athletes who play multiple different sports. So it's really been like our lifestyle growing up. And like now I like to teach people when I train clients or I'm in community how to just adjust by like making healthy habits and like changing their lifestyle by like, you know, being accountable, holding each other accountable, being consistent with your fitness and your workout routine and like reading the right things, putting the right things into your mind, into your body. So that's like, to me, health and lifestyle. You're teaching people health through the physical practice and then lifestyle through like tapping into their mind and teaching them how to look at things differently and like, you know, live healthy. Yeah, that's, that's dope. That's dope. Man, you, you kind of talked a little bit about, um, you know, how you grew up. Like talk about like what it's like growing up in a different country and then transitioning over here to Miami and then Chicago like what's what are some of the differences and some of the things that that you've liked about Chicago and uh so far uh so I was just asked that question earlier too actually it's interesting when people ask me like so how was it growing up in Germany um I want to say it has pros and cons being that like our people are less represented over there so growing up we did face a lot of like racism and injustice and oppression and like being raised by a black mother we had to see a lot of stuff growing up, me and my brothers, that were like her facing a lot of oppression, her facing a lot of like racist things. Um, mm. And then moving to the US, I just felt like the environment is different because I'm more around my people. So I felt very yeah. comfortable being around like, you know, our people where I could really be myself and like be like, okay, like this is, this is, this feels right. And like, I don't know how deep we want to get with it, but like in the 90s, my brother's dad was killed out there. And that was because of racism. He was protecting my moms. And like life happened, we ended up staying up over there. But growing up, we'd always go back and forth between Germany and Miami. That's where my mom's side of the family's at. So my mom's from Haiti. So all my Caribbean family is in Miami and in New York. So growing up, thankfully, my mom was always, we got to go back to stay in touch with our family. So I always got like a perspective of being like in two, two different demographics and like social environments growing up. So I'd be either in Germany or I'd be in Miami or in Brooklyn. And I'd see like everything from different perspectives, like how you're perceived by your community, how people look at you, how people expect you to act in certain environments. And like, I can say very much so like in Germany, like unfortunately, a lot of times they, they want you to be like a second class citizen if you like are a minority or like a foreigner and like, that stuff don't fly with us. Like my mom never raised us like that. But like you could tell that like systematically they try to implement that into the people like that. But like we don't we don't go for that. So like when I moved over here, I felt like very much accepted and like, yeah, Chicago just kind of made it for me where I'm like, nah, I could really be in an environment where like my people rock with me the long way. I could be my best self and it's no like you gotta be this way, you gotta be that way. Nah, express yourself, be you, be proud of where you come from. Let's learn more about where you come from, like more that type of vibe. But again, like not saying it's just bad things, but it's a lot of things that to this day are being highlighted now where it's like it's a lot of corruption, a lot of racism, a lot of oppression going on. And like, you know, whole Western world, Eurocentrism being pushed in the whole Western world. So it's really like being raised over there, I realized like a lot of that stems from the root from over there, like how people are like culturally conditioned and stuff like that. And like I've been doing a lot of like reading and research and understanding self more and like our communities more, but like 
that's a little bit about like growing up over there. Nature's fire though, it's beautiful nature, the mountains is nice, and you meet good people still everywhere. So it's a lot of Africans, Middle Eastern people there too, also cool German folks. But like, it's just, you, you could tell that there's like still like a barrier between certain people where it's like, oh, you're a foreigner, you don't belong here. So it's like, you get you get kind of both, you get what I'm saying? Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I, I can see that stigma, it definitely makes sense. Now, were you there because of like military or what What was kind of just at a, at a, so at a just my OG? Go ahead. Uh, that's also what people ask me all the time because like a lot of Americans are over there because of military. And funny enough, actually, my mom was in Brooklyn. She studied at NYU and she met a lot of people that was traveling a lot. So she met people that was going back and forth between Europe and uh, the U.S. And then she met my brother's dad, I believe, at an art school in New York. And they went to Germany and then they have my oldest brother. And in 1991, what I had mentioned earlier, they were over there and then my brother's dad was killed over there. And Ooh. life happened. My mom ended up staying over there. She had my middle brother, me, after that. Mar got married to my father. And my brother's grandma is over there. So his German grandma, basically. She raised all three of us, too. But my mom was just like, I'm going to stay here for a couple years and just, you know, have his grandmother still experience him as a baby. She wanted to go back to New York. And then life just ended up happening. She got a lot of good opportunities with, like, fitness and, like, wellness out there. People received her well as a coach out there because, like, she's one of the first people, I want to say, like, a black woman to come from America and, like, push fitness so heavy because fitness has been very big always. So, like, it's one of my goals to also get her into the Black History books of what she's doing over there and did over there because shout out to her, a very strong woman. Uh, but, yeah, that's a little bit, like, about how we got over there. Like, no military. We just ended up getting over there like our people have been immigrants from when we left haiti and then like from there to germany but that's how life just kind of happened hey that's that's so dope man um because one, one thing i love about you man you you lead with love like um i see your content man you you in different locations like you travel a lot and i noticed like you will talk to the people like you legitimately would talk to the people and you li literally are trying to to learn like what are their pain points what are they going through what are the things they're thinking about so shout out to you um so like where did that Thank come you, from what did, what did that, that concept come from, leading with love and understanding um, that, you know, sharing love is, is more important than just, you know, just doing your own thing? Mm. I want to say gratefully that I was in a household where both my parents were able to pour into me and my brothers in a way where we understood, even if we didn't have all financial, like, wealth and freedom that like care and genuine like neighborly love was always a very big thing and my dad is also a very genuine person i can say and like very like global thinker and like global perspective so they always taught us to like be open to different cultures open to different people regardless of background heritage status and whatnot because like they don't come from money either so they always just taught us to like lead with love and my grandpa who left from haiti back in the 60s and then brought all my family over he's like very strong on that like he says like it don't matter where people come from like always show kindness first and like you'll receive the same back and like if people don't act the same back then just take a step back but like show generosity show kindness and like you're gonna receive and you're gonna be guided by most high and like my grandpa turned in 83 or 84 this year and like he still live on those same principles when I talk to him. He's in Miami and like he's a really cool dude who's been through a lot in his life and like I could tell that him and my grandma who passed away unfortunately, they were always helping, they were always giving an open hand and like when they was in Brooklyn they would open up the door for people that had less and like was just always very hardworking, like good, good hearted people and like I could tell that was passed on and like I, I stand on that and I believe love wins over hate you know what i'm saying like that's what we need in this life especially during this time it's, it's so much stuff going on where we need more positivity we need more like-minded people if we unify as a people us all of us so much we could do so that starts with like 
kindness and love and like unifying and I was saying this at service on Sunday, like empowering each other through the differences that we have instead of like separating each other. But like we could learn so much from each other instead of like, nah, you're different because you're from this side or this side. Like, nah, we all same at the end of the day. We human, we got a heart, we got a soul, and like we can build on that. To, to your point, we can all definitely get better from, from that. We can all build together. Now, how do you engage with people who don't really see it in that same light? Again, you're very optimistic, very positive. Um, Again, I'm not a native of Chicago, but from outside looking in, when I think about a lot of my counterparts outside of James, AGDF, the positive role models, right? I know a lot of young bucks that don't align with that energy, right? It's more so the op. It's very combative. How do you engage with people who are combative and may not, you know, see it in that same light and aren't as positive, right? Yes, sir. That's a great question. And uh, again, on uh, Sunday, I mentioned the same thing at service, like, one of my goals for this year, and like it's a continuous practice, is like first not taking things personal and then like trying to look at things where it's like, I said a perfect example, like looking at a person and not like judging them, but like trying to understand like they might have gone through a lot of stuff for them to get to this point in their life. And then I mentioned like we could be on a train right now, James, you know, CTA in the city, you see all types of crazy stuff going on, yep. especially when you're in a red line, when you're in a green line and someone can say something really off to you or be disrespectful and like you can really be offensive, uh, like offended by what they say, but like I'm learning to look at it in a way where it's like, this brother or this sister, or this person must have gone through a lot to get into get into this position. Like they was probably going through trauma, through oppression. The environment probably was not the most supportive. So they feeling like that because systematically they've been pushed down. They've been not held accountable. They've been not having the same access and resources. So understanding people from that lens and like trying to see how we can make them feel understood and at the same time be there for each other. because. We got way too many people in our corner, in our community, that's from backgrounds that are less privileged, less fortunate. So I feel like we should understand each other for that and see how we can help each other through that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and then, Marcus, just kind of piggybacking off of Sydney, uh, it's it's more like vibrant people and an abund people that's operating in abundance than it is people that's not. Like, you do have those couple, you know, rotten apples, but it's not as many as you might think, man, because... A lot of people, man, they, they just click up. They do the things with the people that they like to do it with. Like, mm -hmm. I know, you know, entrepreneurs hang out with entrepreneurs. People that's doing bad things hang out with people doing bad things. But um, I do think, like, it's a shift that's occurring because people want more, man. And they realize that the way to it is just by being grateful. Like, I've literally seen more young bucks meditating than I've ever seen, bro. <laughs> I've seen more young bucks praying than I've ever seen. And it's, and it's, it's dope, bro. It's phenomenal. And just from the restorative practice standpoint, like we, we in circle with the kids, bro. So we hearing the things that they're dealing with on a daily basis. And, you know, all pain is the same. It's just painted differently. So, you know, like like Sydney said, man, just understanding that a person probably just went through some stuff. That's why they are the way that they are today. But understand we all want we all human. Just just respect them as they come and keep moving forward. Definitely, definitely. And again, I can relate. I think I was really just trying to paint more of a picture. But at the same time, I know there is a lot of youth or individuals who have problems kind of letting go of things. Right. So you may get the blowback or the smoke because somebody's having that bad day. So, again, I love your positive energy. I think it's extremely radiant. But I know there may be a time and point where you're coming across somebody who may not align with it. And again, I'm just kind of wondering more so from like a, a, a one of our viewers perspective. Right. If they're just vibrant, everything is going well, they're trying to push that positive energy on others that aren't as receptive. I just want to know if you have any specific game form, if there is, you know, an interaction with somebody where you're trying to pour into them, you're trying to kind of love on them, 
and they're kind of, you know, kind of pushing away or they're, they're rejecting you. How do you do that? Because again, you have a very unique energy and aura about you. Again, kind of hearing your story, doing a little bit of digging, like, I love it, but I know everybody might not love it. They may be like, is this real? Is it genuine, right? <laughs> I know right. we all know that one that's individual right. who is like overly bubbly. We'd be like, damn, like, is this really them? You know, like for me, that's my LB. And it took me time to learn and to grow and to see the family structure to be like, oh, this really is him. His father's in that same light, right? But you may engage with people on a day-to-day -day interaction where they don't, you're not giving them the time to, you know, meet the mom and get that backstory in more depth. Yeah. So I'm just wondering kind of what did those brief interactions look like for you if somebody isn't really aligning with your energy at that time? I try to meet people, honestly, where they at. Like, I've been around youth that last week I trained one of my guys, little brother or cousin, actually. And he was talking about some of his guys got just locked up in the jam. They 18 years in there now. And I'm trying to understand, brother, where he's coming from. I'll tell him some stories that I can relate to. When I was in high school, one of my teammates got shot. And I'm telling him, like, yo, bro, I understand the, the struggle. I understand the trenches. And, like, I try to just make them feel understood where it's like, this shit's fucked up. Sorry. I don't know what language no, you, is you on, on the pod. This shit's <laughs> fucked up. I, I know where you're coming from. And, like, I try to really just meet them where they at. And, like, if they don't want to receive the positive energy, that's perfectly cool because I understand that, too. Not everyone's going to be receptive of that. But then I just try to, like, comfort them in a way where I can just make them feel understood and, like, meet them where they at. Like, oh, shit, if you just want to, you know, sit here and chop it up, we could do that. Or if you want to journal, we could write shit down. Or, like, if you want to just be quiet, we could sit in silence. Like, I try to just make them feel understood where I'm not trying to force nothing on them, but, like, still make them feel like they're part of, like, what we got going on. Definitely. Yeah. And, and it makes sense. Now, I also know you have like the athletic background as well. So those are a lot of other ways that, you know, you, there's some parallels you can relate to some of the youth. So I want to hear a little bit more about like the uh, yoga athletics. Like what does that kind of consist of? I, I think I, I understand just kind of from hearing the two terms morph, but like tell me more about that. That's an interesting concept. Yes, sir. Uh, so growing up, I, like I was saying earlier, I've always been in sports. I played basketball growing up. Football is what brought me to college. That's really was like my first love skateboarding, tennis, golfing. Like my mom really put us into a lot of different sports. So she was like, we're going to put y'all in all types of sports so y'all can figure out what y'all want to rock with. And like football really stuck with me. I started when I was at 14. And you know, football come with a lot of strength and conditioning, speed and agility, like a very versatile sport. I feel like when in terms of athletic performance. And then when I got to college, I slipped my disc and I went through multiple injuries growing up. Like I broke my leg, broke both my arms, my nose, my finger, slipped my disc, multiple injuries, uh, MCL sprain. And then my sophomore year, the doctor was like, yo, like you're 21 and you're not supposed to have no back problems. Like either we're gonna have to do surgery on you or you gotta start stretching every day. And I didn't wanna do surgery. I already had surgery for my leg before, for both my arms. And then I found out they had like a free yoga class on campus for us. So I started going there every Wednesday. I was just talking to my friend about this because people ask me, like, how'd you get into yoga? Literally being in football and like making sure I'd be healthy for the season. So I went to off season, I went to yoga every week and it really helped me a lot. And it started like making me understand like, yo, this is way more than physical. Like it really taps into your mind and your soul. Like the first couple of sessions I'd be in there and I'm sweating like I had a two hour workout. I'm like, where's this coming from? And it's like, I started understanding it's like emotional trauma I had on me and like, you know, mental disconnections and stuff. So it really unlocked things with me. I'm like, damn, this is so much more than physical. And like, I took the practice with me and it's seven, eight years now and I've been practicing consistently. And I can say it really helped me in so many ways, tapped me into my faith more, tapped me into my mind and my spirit more. And I realized like when I do it for the community, they receive it really well too. And I believe we can heal our people through that, through tapping into the physical. And then, you know, you release endorphins, you become really uplifted when you work out. That's one thing too, when I'm 
time with the youth and I start getting their body moving, their real personalities start coming out. They start joking around. They start being cool and everything. And that's when you can tap in and like plant those seeds. But like, yeah, that's how I started Yogaletics. I did my community workouts. And then I was like, I got to put a name to this. Athletic training, because that's my, that's my A&O, that's my baby. And then yoga, because I started doing that for seven years now. Yogaletics, yoga and athletic training. So that's how I came up with the name, and it's being received really well, and I'm very grateful that I'm able to do this and add value to our community with Yogaletics. Yeah, man, that's that's phenomenal, bro. That's phenomenal. Man, it's it's crazy because I, I constantly hear the benefit of yoga, but it's just one of those things where, like, I'm like, I'm, I'm, too, I'm so antsy, man. I know I could benefit from it, but I feel like, I'm going to ask you, do you think, like, a regular person could just, like, watch a video and do it, or should they go in person to uh, like an actual instructor and have uh, like be a part of a class like which one do you think is more well obviously I think in person but what do you think I definitely think like for someone that wants to like, get out of their comfort zone first time it should be a class and like an instructor that you kind of resonate with like I'd love to like bring you to like one of our black men's healing yoga sessions and I feel like you'd be like really comfortable in the environment because it's like brothers that look like us they are between their 20s and 30s and like it's not the Oh, what are you doing here? It's more like, hey, bro, welcome, man. Come, welcome to the space. Like, if this is your first time, enjoy and like just fill it out. Do whatever you feel like is right for you. And like, it's really like, it's cool. And it's a community in a sense of like black men being there for each other and empowering each other and like changing the narrative of like, oh, we got to just always be tough. But like, nah, this actually help us. We need this just as much as other people. It's a whole narrative that's being pushed. It's only for certain people. And like, it's gay if you do this and that. Nah, it's not at all. Like, all pro athletes are doing it. Our people do it. We're supposed to be doing it and pushing it more on each other. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, do you stretch every day still? I know you said kind of at one point in the midst of your injuries. Do you stretch every day still? Yes. Definitely, uh, yeah. I want to say I've gotten really far from this point, like how flexible I am, but there's still like so much time locked. So like to me, my goal is to just keep going and like really being mobile and flexible and like in my whole body. Well, I remember... I was kind of hearing your story about like the sweating and them putting you through the workout in the ringer. Man, uh, we had <laughs> this was middle school football. We were kind of talking stuff playfully to like the cheerleaders. They was always like cheering out a sport. They was like, Well, you can't do half, we do. Bro, when I tell you they got us out there and stretched the crap out of us, bro. <laughs> I'm talking about I was so hurt. So nah, to your point, nah, it is beyond vital. And that was one of the pieces of feedback I got. I ain't done a lot of injuries. You do good, brother. I'm I'm sorry to hear that, but my MCL, my ACL, dislocate my knee, tear my quad. One of the pieces mm. of feedback I got gave me was like, do you ever stretch? And I was like, nah, mm -hmm. like, that's right. But now the older I get, I realize how vital it is to stretch. And I actually make sure I make time before I go to sleep or when I wake up to stretch. And I just notice just the difference. I'm just so much more loose, so much more fluid. But I, I wish a lot of us would learn at our earlier ages so, you know, we could continue to maintain that performance and not wait till we get on the other side with all these injuries in play. That's hundred percent. I agree, man. It's really, I, at this point, I'm like, you stretch your body, you stretch your mind, you create more space for more good things to come in. It's like, it's mind, body, soul is really connected. So I feel you on that hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, you got it, Marcus. Yeah. So you do the, the yoga and the athletic component. Now, do you work with like uh, eating and like that, you know, taking in proper things too? I thought I heard you kind of hit on some of those earlier. So I've been a pescatarian for four years now. This summer is about to be five years. Mm -hmm. 
I like to just like dabble into different things with my diet, but like, I definitely understand and believe that like foods have frequency too. So like what you put in your body is also like an energy and a frequency. Like fruits and vegetables have like higher energy. So like you're bound to be more uplifted. Like when you wake up, you drink a glass of water and eat some fresh fruit, you'll feel better than like if you wake up and you eat like a fried food right away. Like you can really tell the difference of what frequency you put in your body. So like I'm definitely cautious and like I'm learning more and like the goal down the line is like to have my wife and be vegan down the line for sure, for sure. But like I like to take it step by step, like, cause it's definitely, it's challenging to switch up your diet, but like, I feel like you could definitely step by step. I like to say increase healthy habits and like decrease unhealthy habits. And like, I've been like on the pescatarian wave for a couple years now. So I've been like no meat and like, it's been really, I can say I wake up and I'm more energized and more uplifted and like down the line seeing even more, I could like add that. And like fasting is also part of my routine and just seeing like how the mind functions when like the system is like clear and stuff. So you talked about fasting, you talked about veggies. What advice would you have for somebody who like knows they need to take that step, right? Um, and again, I'll just kind of speak from my experience. Like last time I went to the doctor, they was like, hey, you may be pre-diabetic if XYZ continues, things of that nature. We hear that oftentimes in our culture, right? Just because of, we know what we know what Christmas dinner gonna look like. We know what Thanksgiving dinner gonna look like, right? And we're all looking forward to it, but it's like, what's on the other side of that? So my question to you is like, what helped you kind of take that first step you know and again i know you have a unique background but like what advice would you have to somebody who's like i want to do better but that chicken is busting like how can we <laughs> how can we override that mentality what does that look like i, I love to tell my clients like you it's hard to go cold turkey right away like in moderation like let's say monday through wednesday hold yourself accountable try to eat the healthy foods that we're suggesting you try to tap more into your vegetables into your fruits and have some quinoa some rice and then thursday friday saturday treat yourself with the junk and then down the line make it monday to thursday and then monday to friday to the point where like you're working hard throughout the whole week you're staying on top of your health you're staying on top of your work stuff you're staying on top of your readings and everything and then on the weekends i bet i worked hard the whole weekend the whole week and let me treat myself with some chicken that's bussing and then your body like gets used to it and like your metabolism is healthier so now i can like process it better and like it's okay then to keep it in moderation but if we do it every day it's not the best you know what i'm saying yeah, that's real. That's real, man, because I uh, I started off the new year trying to, um, like, count calories, like, count macros, bro. And um, it's, it's, one of, bro, it's one of the most <laughs> challenging things ever. And But it's, it's, it's actually eye-opening, too, because you don't realize the amount of calories and how we overconsume food, bro. Um, because, I like, I like peanuts, bro. Like, I eat peanuts, uh, sunflower seeds, cat, like, all of it, right? And I literally weigh a serving of peanuts. And the amount that it was, I was like, bro, I ain't going to lie. I probably ate six times this amount in a sitting. Like, you know, just being real because I like peanuts. So I was like, that's that's uh, that's that's not good. So it just made me super conscious like, man, all right, um, I got to switch this up. But uh, I think in any change that people want to make, uh, if you ever read Think and Grow Rich, the first principle is desire. I think whatever it is, the person has to want to change. Um, and, and it's definitely hard to change anything cold turkey, but I think if the desire is strong enough, if you want it hard enough, like you will go through hell and hot water to make that, that change. So for me going into 2024, I was like, uh, health and wellness is my move. Like, I know I talk it a lot, but I gotta, gotta kind of back it up. So, um, I start, I started counting the calories, like I said, and then, um, we talked offline Marcus, I became that fit, a fitness ambassador for, uh, for lift life. So. I'm like, hey, I got to do what I got to do. Really? You got to hit that button for that, yeah, James. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right, man. Yeah. 
but but the whole point the whole point of me saying that is that like it it starts with the person um no matter what bro like you know as mentors like we cannot like make another person strong we can empower them but we can't make them strong so it's up to that person to to strengthen themselves in a sense so um so just kind of pivoting a little bit sydney you, you talked about like always uh playing sports growing up um I, I i saw that you played for the the german national football team what was that experience like yes sir um so growing up in germany football wasn't too big yet and like my brother he was going to umass and when he came back he was like yo we got to find like a football program here in the u.s in germany and my mom found like a football team that's because sports and, and football is not uh, sports and education is not connected over there so you have to go like outside of school you have to go to like sports programs and we found a football team that's like an hour away from where we lived at and like I went to the first practice and like I, I fell in love with it right away. Like I was like, this is my thing. Like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And like I started going consistently to practice and I was recruited to then play for the Bavarian All-Star team. So it's like a state in Germany, Bavaria, there's like 10 different states. And I got nominated to play for the All-Star team. And then we went to the German championship. This was like in 2011, 2012. And they had uh, scouts out there for the German national team who like create a roster like the 60 best players of all the states. And I caught the game winning interception for the for the German championship. And then the scouts hit me up after that, me and two other of my guys. And one of them actually ended up playing for the Ravens on the uh, practice squad too, which is really yeah. cool. He came from overseas, my Nigerian homie. Um, and then anyways, they had recruited me and two of my other homies to play for the German national team. And we got to like travel to different states and we got to like be part of the whole like 52 man roster and everything. And it was really, really dope, the whole experience. And like I traveled with them. And then unfortunately, because I don't have the German citizenship, I wasn't able to partake in the game, but I was with the team the whole time. I mean, that don't have the citizenship. I wasn't able to step on the field because I'm not a German citizen. You get what I'm saying? But yeah. like I was part of the team, traveling with them. I was I'm on the roster. You look it up to this day, you see pictures of us <laughs> playing against different teams, against Austria, yeah. against Denmark. Like it's really cool. And like they play against Team USA and everything. And then when I like found out, I'm like, okay, like this is really like what's keeping me on the right track. And like football is really helping me become a better person and be around the right people. I'm like, I want to move to the US, move to my aunts in Miami and like go to high school, graduate there, and then go get uh, scouted to play college ball. And that's why I moved to Miami to live with my family. And then I was recruited to go play in Chicago. Mm. So you played pro ball in high school? So you mean in Germany or in Miami? In, in Germany, you were in high school doing that? I was in high school, yeah, I was in high school. Mm. I played the U19, so under 19 national team. Dang, that's love. That, in what position were you? Corner, corner, corner. defensive back. Played a little bit of receiver over there too, but once I came to the US, I stick with DB. And in college, I played a little bit of nickel too, but mainly corner. All right, so top. Now, how did kind of that experience transition from you coming from Germany now coming back to the US and kind of playing as well too? Man, it's such a culture shock and like so many dope experiences. Cause I really could say like me and my guys over there, we like lived and breathed football. Like we'd watch Ray Lewis and Ed Reed every day. Just, you know, the college pump ups on YouTube, we would study those every day. We're like, man, like, this is our dream. This is what we want to do. And like, I really found so much like faith and like love through football and like just camaraderie and just like the whole culture that come with football. So when I then moved to Florida, you know, it's one of the football states with like Texas and California. I was like put right into the melting pot of like where people go for it every day to go get that D1 and then go play pro. And like my peoples are from like North Miami and like Miramar. So they from the trenches out there too. And then I went to high school out there. So I got like the full experience of like what it's like to like 
get after it every day. We in the beach working out for two hours. We after practice and like we I'm playing with guys that's getting like full rides to like some of the top schools. And like it was I loved it. I lived for it every day. And like football really changed me in so many ways. So I'm so grateful for the game every day. And like, yeah, I could say it was definitely supposed to happen for me like that. And like, yeah, much love to football for real, for real. Hey, that's that's super dope, man. We we got a lot of uh fo- football players in our in our network. Um, I want to backtrack real quick. You said you didn't, you weren't a German citizen. So where were you born? I was born in Germany, but my pops is actually from Denmark. Uh, Denmark's in North uh, Europe. It's in Scandinavia. So I have a dual citizenship, Danish and U.S. citizenship. But my mom's from Haiti and my dad's from Denmark. But they met in Germany after what had happened with my brother's father. But I have like the allowance to like live in Germany because I was born there and I went through the education system there. But nationality wise, I'm Danish and U.S. citizen. Got you, got you, man. You learn something new every day. So it's a lot of different like cultures and like mixes and like yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, shout shout out to you, man. But no, I appreciate that because I didn't have that awareness. But man, you talk about how you know football kind of changed your life. Did, did you have, like, any NFL aspirations, anything like that? Definitely. Uh, that was honestly, like, even me being in Germany, that was my goal, like, to go play college ball and go to the NFL. And, like, I was, like, that was my vision and goal till I was in college. And also was a lot of, around a lot of guys that went to the NFL and I like, got some people in the league. But I want to say, like, my college experience was kind of tough going to, like, a Division three program and, like, seeing like how politics is involved in sports and like when you're not at the highest level you really can go through a lot of different things and like i don't share my story too much in college but i could say like and cody can vouch for this and some other teammates like on the d3 program you really see like favoritism and like mm-hmm. unfortunately also like racism in our program like our coach really was like playing minimal people of color if you get what i'm saying was playing a lot of the guys that was from the cornfields was on some like, okay, we're going to play these guys first because then they can get their college experience and we're not going to play these guys. And he even got fired like throughout my third year in college because we stood up during the whole Black Lives Matter movement in 2016 when Donald Trump was voted. This is deep, but actually I'm supposed to share this because people need to hear this. Uh, in 2016, uh, when Donald Trump was promoted to president and like the Black Lives Matter movement started, one of our teammates after practice, we all huddled together. You know, we do the prayer after practice when we all huddle up and like, you know, chant and stuff. He, he wanted to get up in front of the team. He's like, hey, just so we can clear this up, there's a lot of things going on right now in society. And like with Donald Trump being in, in office right now, a lot of divide is happening. Us as teammates, we need to make sure that that can't get between us because we had a season in front of us and we have a lot of, you know, guys from all over the country and then like a lot of also Midwestern dudes, if you get what I'm saying, that's like all in one team. And it was already kind of a divide. And like he got up and said that in front of the whole team respectfully, we was all with him. And our coach interrupted him, said, oh, we don't have time for that crap right now. And like he was a very conservative, conservative dude that was like already everyone know like the way he's playing, like his favoritism, he's only playing certain people. He said that in front of all of us and like all us brothers, we look at each other and it's like, a, like you get hit in your heart. We're like, what this man just say? Like he just basically disrespected and tried all of us. And we are looking at each other and we like, now nah, we got to get together as a team and like talk about this. So all of us brothers got together after that. We went to the sports director and we told him about what had happened. He came out to the field. The coach had to officially apologize to us. And he said, okay, I'm going to apologize to y'all and I'm going to bring the whole team together so we can like educate ourselves on what I said that's not right. He never did that. He never followed up with that. We had a complete losing season for three years. He was really only playing on each side of the ball. It's two brothers playing, but we have so much talent on the whole team. It's crazy. Like so much guys that's supposed to go to the league, that's supposed to go overseas, but he was only playing certain people so they can graduate and then say, I was a star in college and stuff, you know, like just a lot of stuff. And like, I get really passionate about this because I really had a lot, a lot of dreams. My goal was to go to the NFL, 
create a platform and then raise awareness through that platform. Like that's why I got inspired through Kaepernick's story a lot too. Cause I was like, I'm gonna go to the league and I'm gonna use this platform to raise awareness and share, share love and peace with the people. And he held a lot of us back from that. And like, you can look it up right now. He was fired in 2017, Coach Conway, that was his name. And he got fired after that. Cause then the school started realizing too, like, okay, it's too obvious. Like this man really like pushing an agenda and stuff. And like, he really politics and favoritism. And like, then I realized, okay, I started getting a lot into community organizing in college. And I'm like, okay, there's a lot of different opportunities. I love sports. I'm a coach. Naturally, I was already coaching guys in school and in college and stuff. And I was like, I got my sports management degree in marketing. I'm in Chicago. That's the reason why I want to stay in the city too. Cause I was like, if plan A don't work, plan B and C gonna work. Cause it's gonna be opportunities in the city. This is a global city. I know how to get around. I'm gonna figure it out. And then junior year hit i went through a lot of injuries he wasn't playing the guys and stuff i'm like all right i gotta lock in on my other stuff and then i graduated dean's list got a fire degree and like still doing my community work and and now i'm seeing god wanted me to be more than just an athlete he wanted me to be an athlete with a voice and that's why i like town brothers too now we're not just athletes we athletes with voices and we got to use our voice and like it's it hit me deep because it's really part of the story but like i'm understanding what's supposed to happen like this and like now i'm in a position where i can help our people through health and wellness and not just an athlete but like an athlete with a voice that's helping our community you know what i'm saying yeah hold on we gotta, we gotta hit the, yeah. Yeah. he said man we're not just athletes Respect, man. We're man. Athlete with voices man that's that's dope that's dope oftentimes we think we we understand but it takes time to sit reflect and understand Right. And mm. I, I I can hear it. I heard you connecting the dots. And bro, believe it or not, I got a similar story to an extent, man. Like all the injuries, all that good stuff. But I realized that God has something else planned. And oftentimes Sorry. I was so blinded by that one vision that I didn't see what else was, you know, on the other side. And now, bro, you're able to bring something to a realm and a community that may have not ever been exposed to that if you weren't here. Bro. So you're still filling your passion. You're still able to relate to them because a lot of them are a younger you who are so stuck tunnel vision on that. But again, my coach used to always say, you're a student athlete. If you are in school, if you aren't a student, you can't be an athlete for us. And that's something mm -hmm. I really held near and dear. So regardless of all the bangs and bruises with the injuries, I'm smart as hell, right? And I can apply yeah. this maneuver <laughs> in all these other arenas and realms. But sometimes it takes us to be humbled for a horrible coach for injuries, for something of that nature to, you again, kind of expose us to that other side. So, again, man, you, you're right where you need to be, bro. And I, I appreciate you sharing that because that's going to resonate with a lot of people who feel that my plan A didn't work. Now, I'm, no, you're your plan B was your plan A, right? So, so I, I resonate with that more than you know. Yeah, yeah, respect, respect. Yeah, man, it's, it's all about pivoting. Yeah, yeah, we appreciate you, Sydney, man. Um, It's about pivoting, bro. It's about pivoting. Um. Man, I want to I want to talk a little bit about um your experience in um in Mexico with a Greater Good Foundation and my uh Mikasa Sukasa Holiday. How was that? What was that about? Or how was that? Man, that was such a cool experience, man. Shout out to Chuck, shout out to Cody, shout out to HGF, to y'all for really bringing me out there to Mexico with y'all. It was so 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 dope. So we went there in October. And uh, Mikasa Sukasa is like a techno festival that goes off for like a yeah. whole week, like a house music, good vibes, family festival. And AGGF was invited out there to add value to holistic health and wellness. And Cody and myself have been connected for the last half a year prior to that. And like, he's been going to my Yogaletics events. He's like, man, I really like what you're doing. Like, we'd love for you to come out with us to Mexico and like lead a yoga session out there and represent AGGF with us and also highlight Yogaletics. So I was blessed to go out there with the guys 
and just experience the whole vibe out there and like just meet cool people, people that's from all over the world, that's for music, that's for health, that's for wellness. And then we had like a whole two, three hour segment where we just got people together by the beach at this beautiful venue. And we just did like a yoga session together and we spoke about holistic wellness. We did like a restorative justice circle and the guys shared their piece. And like it was really cool. And like I got to lead like a 20 minute yoga session and we all got like those uh, linears with like our names on it. Like it was real legit, like it was really cool. Like. VIP passes to different stages and venues. So it was really dope. And like being in Mexico out the country was amazing. Like the people were really cool there. And like I feel like they're really accepting of us there. Like it was it was amazing. It was so grateful for that experience, man. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to go, man. I was me and Marcus. <laughs> we was at the crib recording the podcast, man. So <laughs> respect. <laughs> but uh yeah. but, we gotta but go that, next year, man. Man, yes, sir, yes, sir, man. Um, but that that's just dope, man. It just it just kind of speaks value. But um, there's a principal um, kind of talking to Cody about you. He said, um, you, you know, a lot of times in, in the nonprofit work, we say people have time. They give us their time, their talent and their treasure. But you've kind of invented a different type of capital, which is the capital of language. Um, kind of kind of talk about where that came from, because I know you're also fluent in a couple languages, too. So why when did you realize the importance of, of, of language? Hmm. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a really good question. Like when did I realized the importance. So growing up, I was uh, in a French school. My mom put me and my brothers in a French school out there in Germany because she wanted us to be able to talk French to our people because they're from Haiti and they speak Creole. So Creole is a mix of African and French. And when you speak French, you can understand Creole, vice versa. Like my people, when they speak Creole, I can understand a lot of what they're saying. So it was very important for her to stay connected to her culture and root. So she put us in a French school out there. And then German is the language of like the locals there. And she spoke English to us. So I was raised like in a bilingual household and we went to French school out there. And like growing up, going through school out there too, like I realized like, okay, we had French classes. Like I was doing good in school because I've had the advantage of speaking different languages. So that helped me a lot through education. And then traveling a lot, like going to Spanish country like Mexico, I could understand good good amount of what they're saying because it's similar to French. I'm like, okay, this is really helpful. Like I need to expand on this more. And like just talking to other folks in different environments and different communities, like you can resonate in a lot of different ways because like you have a different understanding of linguistics and like you're like, okay, like this, this connects in a lot of different ways and like there's similarities and there's differences, but like, yeah, I just feel like it's, it's been a very like helpful tool and like going to college and meeting people that are international, like it was very cool to connect with them on that level when you could talk to diff different people in different languages. How many different languages do you speak? I speak German, English, and French. Hmm. I think that allows you, uh, again, like in the beginning, I heard you talk about like everybody's connected, the interconnected component. The fact that you speak those different languages, you're able to kind of maneuver throughout their culture and you're able to engage with them from something that's relatable that allows you to then interconnect. So I'm seeing how that kind of ties into your whole thought process philosophy. So that's good. James, what were you about to say, bro? No, man, I was just about to say, man, um, a lot of times we as people, like when people come over to the U.S., like we want them to learn English, like we want them to adjust to us. Um, but one of my brothers, well, you know, Chuck, uh, Chuck says like, man, he's now trying to study Spanish so that. You know, he now is like, all right, if, if I en encounter, you know, someone from anywhere that speaks Spanish, like I want to be able to have a conversation in their native language versus, all right, you got to adapt to, to the, the language that I speak. And I think that that's the way to go about it, bro. Um, but I think if if in the U.S. as kids, like in elementary, if you were taking Spanish, like like different languages, I think 
more people would be fluent in other languages. <laughs> but I think the fact that it's not until you get to high school you start doing it, that it, we're behind the ball at that point. Um, you've already gotten kind of st- stuck in your ways at this point. But um, but man, shout shout out to you, Sydney, man. We we appreciate you you blessing um the podcast. Thank we we do appreciate it, man. Sharing your story is super is super dope and, and inspiring. I'm sure to a lot of our listeners. But um, Marcus, you got anything else for uh for Sydney? Nah, Sydney, you, you said a lot, man. I'm I'm definitely inspired by the story. Um, I, I think there's a lot of gems and just insight you provided to a lot of our. The young men on the podcast, the older men, the women, I think everybody uh, definitely can receive some gems if they're able to really apply what you said today. Um, my biggest thing is just what would you say to your younger self um, today to help you maneuver through some of the nuances and obstacles you faced that now kind of you have that hindsight vision of? Mm. Um, I want to say like a couple like mantras that like I still live by by this day is like trust the process. Very big on that. Stay around the right people, like make sure you have an environment around you with like-minded people that want good for you. And like faith over fear, man. Don't be afraid to take risks. Bet on yourself. It's not always going to be nice and not everything going to always be good. But like even through the hardships, you can learn lessons and like take the lessons from that. So like change your perspective on a lot of different things and like having like a winner mentality, even when things are hard. Like, yeah, mind over matter. That's good. That's good. Man, lastly, man, if, if people if people want to tap in with you, they want to connect with you, maybe they want to come out to a, a yoga event, like how can people connect with you? Yes, sir. Uh, I'd love for people to follow me on Yogaletics. That's on Instagram. That's my business page. That's where we host all our community workouts. We do bi-weekly events all across Chicago. Right now we're in Hasroom and at Healthy Hood Chicago. Those are like art and cooperative studios in the city that are really dope. They do a lot of community work as well. Same with Healthy Hood. They do a lot of great work in the community. Um, I'm going to be a, at the Haitian American Museum at the end of the uh, February too. It's going to be really dope. So follow me on Yogaletics. And then my private Instagram is linked to it too. It's Haitian Viking. But definitely tap in with Yogaletics. Come out, DM us if y'all got any questions. And keep staying healthy and mindful and leading with love, man. That's my message for today, y'all. Thank y'all, brothers, so much. Sir, appreciate you. Man, as always, as always, let's grow together, family, man. You can follow myself, jturner0121. Please follow a greater good foundation. Go ahead, follow my brother Marcus at uh, Mastermind mastermind underscore Marcus. Um, But until next time, family, we'll see y'all soon. Thank you, family. We appreciate you. Peace, y'all.